This is episode 331, dated Friday, October 27th, 2023. You are listening to the In Perspective weekly podcast with Bob Branco and Peter O'Toole. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to In Perspective. My name is Bob Branco. How are you this fine day? Very warm up here in New England. I think summer has returned. Anyway, this is episode 331, dated Friday, October 27th, 2023. Before we continue, let me introduce our good friend and colleague, Peter Auchel. Peter, what's it like in Oregon? Oregon. Oregon. There you go. Oregon. It is about 50 degrees and sunny. It's been sort of cool and clear the past couple of days, and we're thrilled with this weather since the rainy season has allegedly started. All right. Before we continue, let me offer some thanks to people who make it possible for us to exist here on our podcast. We start out with Raymond Gay, our producer. Thank you for what you do. Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place Chatline, thank you for posting our programs. Our media outlets, thank you for airing us when you do. We appreciate that very much. And finally, Jacqueline Sylvia from JS Web Solutions, who archives In Perspective podcasts on my website. Just go to www.brancoevents.com, arrow down until you get to In Perspective podcasts, click on them, and then you will see our archived programs. Merci, Jackie. And I also want to thank a couple of more folks while I'm thinking about it. Chanel, thank you for being our host for today. We appreciate that. And I also want to say hi to a listener, Beth Roth. Thanks for listening. So without further ado, let me introduce our guest for today's edition of In Perspective. We have with us Jordan Thomas. He is the owner of the Twisted Tomato. That is a pizzeria in Florida. Jordan is blind. He's a businessman. He's also a humanitarian. We're going to find out a lot more about that as we get to know him a little bit better. Jordan, it's a real pleasure. Thank you very, very much for being on the program today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. And I understand that you're right now in your kitchen over at the Twisted Tomato making some food. Am I correct? Yes. So it is. Uh, it's Friday. It's, it's a big pizza day here in Florida. We're actually, I'm in the kitchen now. Actually, I have a party outside on the, on the outside. There's a, a group that's actually out there. We have a party. So I'm actually, uh, I'm in the kitchen as we speak with the uh, staff and my wife and daughter and the, guy who helps me on pizza may i place my order <laughs> I, absolutely so so what Just what, kidding, Jordan. what what uh, pizza have, have they ordered so we we specialize in what's called old forge style pizza and that's a pizza from up north i'm originally from pennsylvania scranton pennsylvania and what that is is old forge style pizza is it's not round it's a square pizza uh, it's not Sicilian. It is a, it's, it's made in a cast iron pan. It comes in 12 cuts, not slices. They're square cuts. It's not thick like a Sicilian. It's kind of light and airy. It doesn't have mozzarella cheese. It's, uh, from back north, back in the 1900s. Uh, it was originally created as coal miner pizza. And I brought that concept to Florida. And, uh, since then, it's been, uh, it's, Every day has been an adventure. It's um, meeting a lot of new people, a lot of a lot of uh, fundraisers, 
We've had uh, some some great media coverage, some some great news stations, the AFB. There's there's been a lot of a, a lot of highlights, you know, every every day, you know, speaking and and things like that. But I mean, it's it's just it's an adventure just to uh, kind of get to tell my story and uh, get to kind of do what I what I love to do. Before you tell your story, for the benefit of some of our listeners who don't know, please tell us what the AFB is. The American Foundation of the Blind. Okay. All right. And, and Jordan, can you talk a little bit more about, you said coal mining pizza. How is that different from your average, you know, pizza at Domino's or someplace like that? So, so the, the typical pizza is your New York style. That's your round pizza. It's circle. It comes in a triangle. They come in triangle costs. They call them slices. This pizza is a, it's a rectangle. It's, it's square. The slices are square. And instead of being called slices, they're called uh, cuts. And instead of being called pies, they're called trays. So, so how are the ingredients different? The ingredients are a little bit different. So the, your typical pizza has your, your marinara sauce with your mozzarella cheese over a really thin, piece of dough. These shells are pre-baked. They're, 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 they're rise, they're risen up in a proofing process. And, uh, it's made with a plump tomato sauce. It's hand squeezed plump tomato sauce. And that's made with different cheeses. There's no mozzarella. It's got several different cheeses, has some cheddar. It has some brick cheese. Uh, brick is a cheese that not a lot of people have heard of. It's from, you know, up north. So we have the, the brick American cheddar. It, it's got a it's a it's a three cheese blend that we mix together and we put over that plum tomato sauce to to uh, you know come up with a different it's a different style of pizza. So I mean you have your typical your your Chicago you have your Detroit you have your New York you have your New New York this would be this is called Old Forge style pizza. So if if I were to get your pizza for the first time, you've talked about some of the differences the shape differently. How do you think it might taste differently from the stand, you know, from the usual, you know, Italian style pizza? So I, that's a question that I get a lot. Um, a lot of New York people come to try it and I'm going to be completely honest with you. I get, I get an abundance of people that say, wow, this is, you know, this is really different. This is really cool. I really like it. And then I get some people that say, no, no, it should be round. It should have mozzarella. It's not New York. I don't like it. I hate it. I'm not coming back. <laughs> okay. So with that in mind, uh, talk about. What prompts you to get into, get into the pizza business in the first place? So to be completely honest with you, so growing up, my, my parents had a, had a restaurant, my uncle down the road from my house. I, I worked at that restaurant all through high school, made pizza. Another family friend had a pizza place in actually Old Forge, Pennsylvania, where the pizza originated all through high school. After that, through college, I was working at this pizza shop, believe it or not. I was really good at it, really fast. On a Friday night, we'd sell maybe 250 trays of pizza. Um, it was very fast paced, but I never imagined doing it as my career. I actually was going to be a firefighter. I started when I was 14. I went through fire academy. I had gotten married in 2013. And in 2013, I was actually applying for the fire department in, in New York City. I was applying for some fire departments in Allentown. And what had happened was about six months after I had gotten married uh, to my wife, I had, I started to get some flickers in, in my vision. It was, I started to get these headaches. And what had happened was over time, I had a 
tumor that had crushed my optic nerve and left me blind. I, so when I lost my sight, actually, we just actually last month would, uh, would have been 10 years that I lost my sight 10 years ago last month. So just, and just, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I, keep, I, I just want to clarify. So be, before this happened, they found this tumor. You had perfect vision? Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. So, all right. So you are, you know, you found out that you're, you know, you become blind over how long a period of time? So what had happened over, it happened, actually happened very quickly in 2013. We started going to the doctors. They were trying to figure out what was going on. They really couldn't figure it out. By the time they actually had located the tumor, it had grown so rapidly that it had crushed the optic nerves and the damage was already done. I had a large B-cell non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and the tumor that had left me, you know, permanently blind. They had removed the tumor and with the chemo, I also did... Ironically, last month I also I am ten years cancer free. Congratulations! And as yeah. a result of that, and because you came through, you decided to make a few donations in in the names of some very special organizations. Tell us about that, Jordan. So when to to rewind a little bit. So what had happened was after losing the site and not being able to fulfill that fire department, I kind of didn't really, you know, for two, three years, I, I kind of shut down and I didn't really want to talk to anybody and I didn't want, I didn't really want to be around. I was in a depression and I thought there was nothing that I could do. And I thought that pretty much my life was over. This, this is horrible. And it happened, just so happened. I, we were out and I went to visit one of our family friends at that restaurant that I worked at in high school. We used to go there every Friday and he brings me back in the kitchen and he makes a joke. He says to me, he says, Jordan, he says, you made so many of these pizzas. He said, you can probably make them with your eyes closed. And we kidding around. We're back there. And I start making this pizza and he's like, you can do this. And I'm like, and then for a while I juggled it. And then, you know what? I thought about it. This is something that I've done so much so that I've made so many. I make it by memory. I can feel the pan. I know how to make it. And I decided that I was going to take the chance and I was going to be the first blind pizza maker and business owner. And what happened? I, everyone in Pennsylvania was very supportive and they were, you know, uh, trying to help me and some of them I had felt that were trying to help me just because I was blind and I felt like they were paying more attention and everyone was treating me different. And I said to my wife, I said, I'm going to take this. I'm going to where I'm going where no one knows who I am. And we did. I packed up and I moved and we opened this place down in Florida, you know, where, and to be honest with you, when we first opened, I, because it, the two organizations, I donate to the leukemia and lymphoma and I donate to the American Foundation for the Blind. And so every pizza that I sell, I take a dollar for every tray, and I send that to the AFB and the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. That's commendable. Um, send, it's, 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 I'm glad that I did it. I have since came forward. I have had so many other blind individuals reach out to me who they were on the fence. They thought they couldn't do anything. I've had... Several people reach out to me. I, I've done some public speaking, some some podcasts. I've done an AFB chat. I've done the cancer chat. I'm actually a guest speaker at a, a race, a 5K race in Miami coming up. The 
a woman from ABC News, the World News had reached out to to get my story, to possibly put me on there because it's I just want to I tell my story as much as I can because life doesn't stop and just because we can't see doesn't mean that we can't accomplish the things that we do. I have a young gentleman with me. He was going to tune in tonight. He told me to tell Bob hello. Uh, his name is Drew and uh, Drew works for me. He's my first blind. I, I hired him. He works for me on Fridays. He's proud and, of uh, it. He comes in. He He's very proud of it, and he's very good. I sat with him. We worked on it for weeks. He comes in. He, he folds all the pizza boxes, the small and large pizza boxes. He sanitizes all the menus. He rolls silverware, and uh, he, he's thankful, very thankful, very happy for the opportunity. I have another woman starting next week. She's also uh, blind. She's in a wheelchair. She had her leg cut off from diabetes, lost her sight. She has some culinary skills. She's going to come in. She's going to be doing salad, shredding lettuce, stuff like that. I, I, if I had it my way, I would hire as many as I can uh, just to prove to, to them and you know help them understand that there's, they can do this. As long as they can do the job, Jordan, you're doing the right thing. Absolutely. Where did you, I agree 100%. So where true. did you get the concept of the name Twisted Tomato? I'm curious. Um, so I'm glad that's actually a great story. I actually, I was trying to come up with a name for the, the restaurant. I, I was going to go with my last name. I was going to go with, I, I spun my head around so many times. I felt like I was spinning in knots and I'm sitting at the table with my nephew, 13 year old nephew. And I said, I just, I, I said, I just can't come up with the name. I need to have this name. I don't know what to do. I said, I feel like my head's spinning. I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all knotted up. And he said, no, Uncle Jordan, you're twisted. He said, you should call it the Twisted Tomato. And he drew me the logo and I, I, that's the name I chose. And he drew me the logo. I have it on my window and on my sign. And that's what we went with. Jordan, I'm, I'm curious if you talked about. You were in Pennsylvania. You were sort of, it sounds like from what I'm hearing is that you're sort of coming out of your depression. You, you figured out that you could make this pizza and you made the decision to leave Pennsylvania and head down somewhere else. So my first question is why Florida? So the, the first, that's a good question. So when we visited Florida frequently, you would get this. Everyone, I always would see it online. People that would go on vacation. The pizza is horrible in Florida. The pizza is horrible in Florida. There's something with the water. There's something with the dough. The, the all pizza in Florida is gross. And I said, you know what? I, I said, let's take this pizza there. If the pizza is that bad, and we take this pizza there, I said, I said, I think it, it would be something different and something unique. And so when we looked, there were no old Florida style pizza places in Florida. No one heard of it. People. Still till today, I tell them what is Old Ford style pizza, and they they're they're like, what? I don't know what that is. Where is that? What is it? And uh, I get that a lot. And I said to my wife, I said, I said we we should go down to Florida where the and where it's you know where it's warm because in in the Northeast with the with the chemo, I had some necrosis, my hip, my two shoulders, and the cold there. Once the winter comes with the snow and it's freezing, I'm always in constant pain. So I said, you know, we should go to Florida. We'll never be cold again. I'll never have to shovel snow again. We could take this pizza down there. It'll be warm all the time in sunny Florida. And if the pizza is really as bad as they say, maybe we have a gold mine. So, so you moved to Florida. What what part of Florida? I am in Delray Beach, Florida. Oh, okay. My grandmother used to live there. So sort of on the East coast between West Palm and Fort Lauderdale, right? Yes. Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay. So you moved down to Florida. You had this idea of opening a Twisted Tomato or whatever the name was at the time you were thinking about. 
Talk about the process of, you know, get, you know, getting the place started. How, how does that process work? So the, the first, the initial, uh, the first, and we started about three years ago. Originally we were in Fort Lauderdale. We were trying to secure a place. We couldn't find one. They needed full build outs. They, we were in Pompano Beach. We were in West Palm. We were in Boca Raton. We were all over trying to find an existing restaurant because I physically couldn't do the build out myself, nor did I have the money to. So to build a restaurant out from a shell, they say it's upwards of hundreds of thousands of dollars, which, which I didn't have. So I was trying to locate a pre-existing restaurant that had already had the, 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 the bones that I can go in and, you know, clean up and with the minimal investment, hopefully open it. And we couldn't find one for, it took us about two and a half years. And then once we did locate one, I met this landlord who had a pizza place concept in this plaza and they were going back to France. The owners were from France. And he said, I have a turnkey opportunity for you. He said, I think it would be great. I think it's a great area and I'd love to have you as a tenant. And so then me and my wife had secured the lease in January. And then there was a bunch of other hoops to jump through. Uh, Florida's not like Pennsylvania as far as LLCs and licensing and business licenses and sales tax licenses. And it, it was a, it was a long, long process to the point where I actually remember saying to my wife, we're never going to open. And uh, we finally got the go ahead in April. And our grand opening was actually the last week of April. We just actually been open about six months. So what do you do for the two and a half years, you know, between the time you moved from Pennsylvania to you started, you know, getting this restaurant up and running? So believe it or not, I actually was still making pizza and I was making it out of my home and I was getting the product out there. I was sending it to people. They knew I, I had it on online through a little Facebook page where they can go on and I would fill these orders and I was stretching the dough in my kitchen with my wife and I was making the orders and I was, I was actually selling them out of the house. I made them as what are, what's known as par bakes. So I, I pretty much take the shell. I sauce it and cheese it. I don't cook it. And then I put it in a box and then the people take that home. They put it on a tray and they preheat the oven at 350 and they, they cook their pizza in their house themselves. That's so like Papa Murphy's pizza, the same basic design, you know, Papa Murphy's pizza where they, the same basic design, except it's regular pizza. You know, they, they, you, you, you come over with the crust, you put it in the oven for 450 for, I don't know, what's it 25 minutes and then it's a pizza. Yeah. So pretty much kind of, yeah. And I, I was doing that uh, as a hobby, you know, and while we were trying to get the, the product out there, you know, I, every day I'm, I'm constantly looking for a place and going to restaurant auctions and, and uh, restaurant stores and warehouses and just trying to get the stuff that I needed to build the restaurant because I had to also make it safe for myself, which was a whole other challenge in itself so that I wouldn't get caught or I wouldn't get burned. So I, I had to go and buy boards, these uh, boards that I put down where the pans go. So we have a, a glove, believe it. Ironically, I, I kept when the, the shell comes out of the oven and it lays on the table, we sauce and cheese it. And I need to guide my hand down that pan. I need to hold it to sauce and cheese the pizza so that I don't make a mess. Mm-hmm. And we were trying oven mitts and I was getting burned and we were trying towels and I was getting burned. And believe it or not, I, I remember I actually reached out to the fire chief where I was. And I said to my wife, I said, Adrian, I said, you wear firefighters, wear these gloves in fires. I said, they put their hands in, in, in fire. They don't get burned. 
and he sent me a pair and that's the glove that I, I wear that fire glove and I hold that pan and I don't get burned. And that's how I make the pizza wearing that, that firefighter glove. What, what, what a, what a great story, you know, sort of, you know, something used for something else gets, gets transformed to, to be used for something that makes your life a yeah. whole lot easier. Yeah. That, that, that's terrific. Yeah. So, so talk about, you know, you're, you're, designing you start talking about it but talk about a little more about you're opening this business you, you got to make it uh accessible for you but you also need to think about who you want to hire and how you want to hire and how you want to run the business talk about how that worked for you how did you figure out you know how the how the place is going to be structured and who you were going to hire and all that so how i originally i we started out i'm i'm here and me and my wife are are here and we're trying to figure it out and my wife was in school she was in my wife was a paralegal she was going to law school and she had taken a step back when i had gotten sick and she didn't have any restaurant and so my plan i said we're going to hire we're going to have to hire a pizza person we're going to have to hire a chef we're going to have to hire a salad person and waitresses and and then i'm 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 talking to them and i'm trying to to train them and they're they're not comfortable working for me as funny as that sounds and because they don't know that i they they forget that i can't see and Mm -hmm. they're asking me stuff or they're trying to ask me to hand them stuff or i'm trying i'm bumping into them or they're bumping into me and then i'm like i'm out in the dining room telling my wife and i'm like i I, this is so hard who's gonna be the main waitress to run the dining room and who's gonna help me on pizza and i remember it like it was yesterday we're at my house in in Delray and this U-Haul pulls up a U- a car and a U-Haul trailer and it's my mom and dad and they're like we're here and we're staying and my mom runs my dining room and my dad makes pizza with me every day and does your what does your wife do my wife learned the computer system and trained on it she, my wife runs the front of the house she does the takeout all the bills she does the delivery apps she answers the phone she does the cashier my mom is the full-time waitress i have two part-time waitresses that work the weekends my daughter is a waitress she waitresses after school and me and my dad make pizza and i have a chef that for a good friend of mine that that moves down and he works in the kitchen with us what else is on the menu jordan we have a, we do a lot of different stuff. So we decide we're not just a pizza place. We have, um, we have smash burgers. Um, we make this ground beef mixture. We do smash burgers on the flat top. We do the Pennsylvania, Philadelphia style cheesesteak, chicken cheesesteak. We do eggplant, a lot of eggplant, eggplant parm, eggplant rollantini, calamari, chicken parm. Uh, we do chicken franchise. We do chicken piccata. We do veal piccata, we do shrimp, we do Greek salads, we do chef salads, anapasta salads, we do wings, boneless wings, regular wings, strombolis, we do double crusted pizza, that's two pizzas on top, you fold the shell over, it's a, a double stuffed pizza. We do the round pizza, we do a 12 inch round pizza as well appetizers we do onion rings french fries your basic appetizers we do prime rib night every wednesday we do prime rib we do lobster we do brisket night so it's 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 quite a it's quite a, a diversity of of menu how are you doing how how's how's business business is i was just having this discussion this today it is 
I've been here for six months and I still can't figure it out. It is so unpredictable. You, you think that you know what days are your slow days and what days are your busy days. So Tuesday is a slower day, but now the snowbirds start to come back. Mm -hmm. So then I discover that now Tuesday night is extremely busy. And then Wednesday is a really busy day. Well, now all of a sudden Wednesday becomes a really slow day. And then Friday lunch and Friday dinner seem to be really busy, but not late night because it's an older crowd. Mm -hmm. But now with the snowbirds, now we're getting busier later and they're ordering pizza at 7.30, when we'd never sold pizza that late before. And then Saturdays in the afternoon were usually slow and Saturday nights were busy, but now they're Saturday afternoons are busy, but Saturday nights are slow. It's, it's like so unpredictable. I can't, I, I'm driving my, I'm racking my brain trying to figure it out. I can't get a set. I can't prepare because every day is different. So clarify for us, when you say snowbirds, are you talking about people coming down from the north? Yeah, so they call them, I'm new to this as well, so they call, the, they call them snowbirds. Yeah. So they say what happens is they say when the weather gets cold that people from up north and all the, all the Canada people as well, they come down to Florida, They're, they call them snowbirds, and they stay here for the six months that it's cold back where they live. So I would, I would imagine your schedule is going to, you know, it's going to, it's going to vary based on the, whether it's the snowbird season or the, you know, non-snowbird season. And you'll, you know, presumably you'll figure out the pattern over time. How are you, how are you doing a, a business? Well, I, well, I meant to say is, are you making money? You know, what's, I know restaurants are hard to make money from. It's, it's one of the most risky businesses out there. How are you doing m- m- money wise? So I've been fortunate enough. And, and you're, and you're right. I mean, they, they are, I have, I have friends who, best friends who went to culinary school and that they're great chefs, amazing chefs, and they have dishes that are amazing and they open and then in, in 12 months they're closed. Yep. And I say to them, wait, I don't understand. How are you? Your food is so good. They said, it's, you don't understand this business, how risky it is. So I, I am not going to lie to you and tell you I'm making money hand over fist. But again, we're not negative. So mm-hmm. we're, 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 we're in it. You know, we're not pulling out of our pocket and, but we're also not stacking cash on the table. So, I mean, we're, we're surviving. You, you talked about, I, I'm trying to remember my days down in Florida a while back. I don't remember having pizza down there. So you talked about people telling how lousy the pizza was. Have you, have you gotten any reaction from pizza, from people saying things like, yeah, the pizza down here is terrible, but your pizza is great. I both ways. Both ways. So I've had I've had people. So ironically, I didn't know this when I opened. There is a lot of people from up north that retire in Florida. Yep. So I have these people driving here from Jupiter or from Vero Beach or Fort Lauderdale or Miami. And they're like, oh, my God, I haven't had Old Fort style pizza in 25 years. And they love it. And they're like, the pizza here is, is, is garbage. This is the best pizza I ever had. And then I have the people that lived here their whole life who aren't accustomed to that pizza who come in and they're like, this is the worst pizza I've ever had in my whole entire life. We're never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So – You've, you've been in business for six months. If things go, yep. if things go well over the next year, what, what would you anticipate happening? What, what, what would you like to see yourself? Where would you like to see yourself a year from now? So I have this vision 
I want to have a family large restaurant. I have this layout pictured in my mind. So our place now, so I could, I could tell you how it is so you can imagine it when you walk through the doors we have on the left-hand side of the wall. It's a very, it's a very long and narrow. We have about eight, eight booths on the left-hand side. And then we have a long booth on the right-hand side and we have you walk right back into the kitchen. It's a very small operation. My, I have this vision. I want to move to a larger location. I want to cater to the kids for birthday parties. And I want the kids to be able to make their own pizza. We have these little shells and sauce and cheese where the kids can have pizza parties and make pizza and a lot of catering and just a bigger place with, with a, a game room for the kids and, you know, ice cream for the kids and the kids can make the pizza. So the whole family could come right now. We're in a community where, where it's a 55 and over yeah, yeah. and I'm, I have, I have a very uh, older crowd. And I mean, I'm not going to let the, the older crowd are very, they're very tough people to please. We are in this Kings point. There's about 15,000 they're all 55 and over. They want the early bird special. They want the senior citizen discount. They want free salad. They want free dessert. They want free coffee. They want everything for free. Wow. Yeah. Well, that, I've heard that before. Yeah. That's, that's a really unusual crowd. We are, I should say, our unusual crowd. So uh, do you think you could find such a place? Is that realistic to find a place that you could? Um, Fulfill that yeah, I, I, I think they're, I think they're out there. I think I just would have to, you know, you know, take another risk, you know, just to move from this smaller place to a larger place, which is, you know, taking on more overhead and yeah. a larger rent where you're kind of rolling the dice again because you're established where you are and you're kind of starting all over to get a bigger place. Realistically, it would not be Delray. When I look at the rents down in downtown Delray to get a bigger place, they're, they're, they're astronomical. It seems that the route that you'd have to go is we, uh, is up to, uh, you'd have to go West, mm-hmm. West Palm, Palm beach, Royal Palm, Palm Springs, You'd have to you'd have to go up that way where there's a a larger area not close to the water where you can get cheaper rent. The closer you are to the water, the more expensive the rent. The farther you are off the water, the cheaper the rent. I was thinking of a place called like Jacksonville, which has all these military bases around there, where you might be able to get a family business. I, I you know I'm not saying you should go there necessarily, but that sounds like the kind of place you're looking for. Yeah. 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 So one more question for me, I, uh, Bob, I, I, am kind of you to keep track of time. So you, you talked about this a little bit, but I'm curious to talk about a little more. How have you adapted this space to make it more accessible and easy for you to use as a blind person? So what I had done, and that's why I, the, the AFB, when I had asked for their help back in Pennsylvania before I moved, they had set me up with some tools that I use. Just to make it easier, you know, they, they had like a, a vocational specialist, you know, and we would, we'd go over, you know, where, what I was doing and, and, and how I needed it set up. So how I have it structured, I, I had told you about the gloves, but what I have is I have these rubber, these rubber mats, um, that, that they're square blocks and these rubber mats, I have them spaced out and I, they're squishy so that I can feel my feet on that mat. So I know where to walk around the kitchen. I know that if I'm off of them rubber squares, I know that I'm not really where I, where I want to be, where I'm supposed to be. I, I put an area in where we have a pizza prep area where we have a lip 
on it where the pans slide into this slice of, of metal where it locks it in so the pan doesn't slide out of my out of my area, you know, and I have the, the cheese and the sauce and all the toppings all in front of me in these little compartments that I have them from left to right so I know what they are. So I have like my, my, my cheese is far right um, where my sauce is and the spoon that we have has a, we, we have a, a part on the top of it where I know that I could, where I hold it and it gives me the perfect amount of sauce so that I don't over sauce the pizza. And then I guide my hand around that square to do the outline of the cheese. And then I put the, the lock piece of the metal that we have spins the tray for me to go back and forth to cheese it. And then we have a rack that it slides into and the rack holds that and it's on wheels. And then that rack spins towards the oven where my father then bakes the pizza for me. And then he, he boxes it for me. So I, I make the pizza, I sauce it, I cheese it, I put the toppings on it. I do the strombolis, the, the double crusted whites. And then my father operates the pizza oven for me where he pulls the pans out, puts it in the box and uses the pizza cutter to cut it for me. So, All right. okay, Bob. Okay. Well, I don't know if you had any more questions. I do, Peter. but, but, but I, I'm happy to wait. All right. I just wanted to mention to everybody that we are within perspective. I'm Bob Branco. He's Peter Alchul. And our guest is Jordan Thomas, proprietor of the Twisted Tomato Pizza Establishment in Delray Beach, Florida. And at this time, I would like to open the program for our participants. And so I would like to ask Chanel if she knows if there are any hands raised for anybody who wants to ask Jordan Thomas a question. Actually, we are that currently clear. Taking. Yeah, oh, we are currently clear. I'm sorry? We are currently clear. We have no questions. No questions. Okay, Peter. But no questions at all from either 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 person? No, sir. Okay. I just want to make sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. If anybody does raise their hand, please let us know, and we will interrupt our conversation and take the question. Will do. Thanks. So, Jordan, talk about a typical day at, at on your job. When do you start? You know, uh, talk about the flow, and when do you leave? So, I I wanted to be open six days a week. My wife insisted that I would overwork myself, so we're closed on Sunday. Sunday, we're closed on Sunday and we're closed on Monday. My typical, my typical week starts on Tuesday morning. I wake up at 630. I, I go with my wife. I have a seven-year-old and then I have a daughter. My daughter's a junior in high school. So we, we get them ready. I leave my house about eight o'clock. I go to restaurant depot with my father. I have a list, you know, of items that we may need, whether it's, you know, we may need tomato sauce or we may need cheese or anything that we need to start the week. From there, I go to the bakery to pick up the rolls for the day. And then from there, I head to the restaurant. We stretch our whites out, our dough. We have a dough sheeter. We make our dough and we put the dough through the normal restaurants that you see. They take that pizza and they, they toss that. Uh, they toss the dough into a circle. So ours is square. So what we have to do is we have to put our dough balls through what's called a, a sheeter. And the dough ball goes through a sheeter, which flattens it and makes it long and kind of square. So from there, that has to be stretched into a pan and go through the proofing process. 
um, where we turn, then we get our ovens, everything on and ready to go. And then from there, you know, we open the restaurant at 11 a.m. Um, after all our prep work and running around is done. And we're open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 11 a.m. until 9 p.m. I'm here open to close. And then on the weekends, we're open from 11 a.m. until 10 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. And I'm also here open to close. So I, they're long, long, long days, long hours. And when you close, when the restaurant closes either at 9 p.m. or 10 p.m., depending on the day, how long does it take you to sort of close things down when, when the last customer leaves? So I have, with, with the help in the kitchen, our chef, Walter, he takes care of the whole cook line. He, he's very good. He's very quick. And then the, the dishwasher, we have a boy who comes in and washes dishes uh, at night. Um, he rolls the mats up. He takes care of the mats and stuff. You know, I try to stay out of their way because when once those rubber mats and stuff do go up the floors, extremely slippery and mm-hmm. wet. So, you know, my dad helps. He breaks down the oven, stuff like that. I Ideally, on a, on a bait, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, if the last customer was to leave at 9, we're fortunate enough we can get out of here by 10. Mm-hmm. On Friday and Saturday, if it's extremely busy and the dishwasher is backed up, you know, sometimes we close at 10, you know, maybe 11.30. So, I mean, it's, it's a little bit longer. I try to instill to them to try to maintain, you know, your station as, as good as you can, where I try to, I, I'm always wiping my station or I'm always putting the pans to the, I try to make it as easy at the end so it's easy to clean up, where I try to, you know, explain to the dishwasher, you know, you stay on top of those, you know, because at the end of the night, that every restaurant in the area, I remember even when I was a kid, you're, you're there till the dishwasher's there and the dishwasher's the last one done. So if he's, you're all done with your work and you're standing there waiting on him, you're, you're so it's, it's very important to make sure that he's done as well so that everybody can get out of there in, in you know, in a timely manner. But, but on a sort of, Bob, can I ask we, a we do have a couple of questions for you now. We, okay, let, 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 let's uh, do it by hand. Uh, right. Let's okay. do Paul, let's do Paul first because okay. Paul is on with me and he just spoke up. Okay, right. and after Paul, you have Rick and then Alice, okay? Perfect. Paul, Rick, Alice. So go ahead, Paul, your question uh, first for Jordan. What do you do as far as beverages go, and do you have a license to serve alcohol? So I do. So we have a uh, we have a we we don't have a full liquor license. We have what is known a beer and wine license. So we sell you know canned beer, bottled beer, draft beer. We sell seltzers, uh, white claws, truly, and then we sell by the glass or by the bottle. We sell white wine or red wine. We just don't sell liquor. We just sell beer and wine. And well, just out of curiosity, you didn't mention desserts. Do you sell desserts at your place? I'm sorry? Do you sell desserts at your place? We do. We do. My mom does the desserts. We we change them all the time. This week, we have red velvet. We have uh, pumpkin cheesecake. And we have um, tiramisu. Awesome. Okay. All right. Who is next? I forgot. Rick. We have Rick. Rick and with then, a question. And then Alice. Okay. And then Alice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Hello, Hi, Rick. guys. Jordan, how are you? It's Rick and Sandy. I'm good. How are you? That's Rick from Florida. Rick, what's up? Rick and Sandy, you want to come back again? Your restaurant's fantastic. Your restaurant's fantastic. And Rick and and Sandy. Rick and Sandy, yes. They're they're very good customers of mine. (laughs) That's because it's worth coming back to. It's worth coming back to. And Jordan, I have to tell you, you're very modest. Jordan, they have karaoke on Tuesday. They have all sorts of different 
on Saturday nights, they have a singer who sings. Wednesday, they have the trivia. I mean, they do everything. It's it's amazing the things that you do, Jordan. In the really... Palm Beach County chapter of the Blind, FCB meets at the Twisted Tomato. Yes, yeah, we meet at the Twisted Tomato. We 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 give them a lot of business. So Rick and was it? Absolutely, uh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. So, what is your favorite thing about the restaurant? <sighs> the uniqueness, like he said, the pizzas are just—they're different. You know, I'm originally from Jersey, so I'm used to the round, you know, pizzas and everything. Well, this is a different, it's a different type of pizza. It's not a Sicilian. It's a square pizza and it's, it's a thin and they're really good. The flavors are just fantastic. One of the, one of the great dishes um, that he makes is is um, the eggplant rollatini. Great eggplant rollatini. It's better than the one Rick's Italian mother makes. <laughs> so, yeah. So what is Rick plant rollatini? I've sort of forgotten. Anybody? Uh, so eggplant rollatini, so that is that is a that's eggplant that we slice it. We slice it thin. And what that is is it's it's a mixture. It's mixed with uh, fresh garlic, pepperoni, pepperoni romano cheese. It has some seasonings in it, and it has uh, ricotta cheese. And we we stub we roll that and we roll that in, and then we cover that with a with our mayor homemade marinara sauce, which has also has fresh mozzarella over it. And then we bake it in the oven, and it's served with pasta. That sounds fabulous. I, I'll happily take an order of that when I come down to rest Delray Beach next. Thank, thank you, Rick. Thank you, Rick. Uh, thank, thank you, Sandy. Thank you. You won't be, you won't be disappointed. That sounds thank fabulous. You. Alice. Hello, Alice. And after Hello. Alice, we have Jason. Okay, Alice. Hello, can you hear me? Very we can. well. We can. Right. Well, congratulations, Jordan. This is so exciting to hear of your success. I'm, I'm really tickled to hear about all of this. When I grew up in West Central Indiana, it was a coal mining area, but I never heard of the rectangular or square pizza called coal miners pizza before. So this is really interesting. And I thank you for sharing that. And you mentioned the brick cheese. Well, my one set of grandparents had an Italian store and bakery and always sold brick cheese. And I grew up on brick cheese, but we called it Milwaukee brick. And I don't know if you've heard of it that way. 33 years ago, when I moved to Milwaukee, I would go to a deli and say, I want Milwaukee brick cheese. They had no idea what I was talking about. And yes, so, yes, they they don't hear either. They they don't they don't they don't know what it is here. Yeah. So how do you order it? I mean, if it if if it doesn't exist in Florida, how yeah. do you order it? So a family friend of ours has a a food store back in Pennsylvania, and he actually sends it to us. Um, it comes it comes in five pound blocks. There is actually six of them in a box, thirty pounds of it. And what he does is once a month he takes those. He flash freezes them and then he ships them to the restaurant. That's that's terrific, uh, Alice. Anything else? I guess not. Thank you Jason. very much, Alice. Jason. We have Jason. 
Uh, hi, how you doing? Jordan, this is Jason. You know who this is, the guy who comes in with the guide dog. Yes, Jason, what's up? Yeah. Hey, how you doing? It is so good to hear you out here on this on this program today. Let me just say this, guys. I have had an opportunity to meet Jordan in person several times. I come into his restaurant, and him and his whole entire family are just some of the most outstanding people I've ever met. And they do have some of the most wonderful, wonderful food. It's one of those type of places that I can go in there and order anything. They could put anything in front of me and it would be absolutely delicious. Hard to argue with that, right? That's great. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and again, Jason, another one of our customers, these, these guys, Jason and Rick and Sandy and the, the, the Braille Club and the, the Palm Beach Club and they, they have supported us. They're regular customers. They're here several times a month. They, they are, they are loyal customers. They tell everyone about us and, you know, we wouldn't be, you know, where we are today without, without them, without them patronizing our business. So I have a really weird, uh, thank you, Jason. So uh, thank you. I just wanted to say also, I was actually there last night for the brisket night and it was wonderful. That's, that's great. I did last night, Jason, last night was the, so from the day we, the day that we opened, I've never stepped away. I've never actually stepped away, but my wife, my wife wasn't feeling the best. And my dad said that I should go home and, you know, to make sure that she was okay. And I, I, and my mom had actually told me that you were here. And I, the first night I actually, I, I was not here for dinner. I was here in the day. And then I, I went home to make sure everything was okay at the, uh, at the house. So I was not here, but I heard the brisket night was very successful. I heard that a lot of people really enjoyed it. Yeah. In fact, I brought home a brisket meal for my wife and she really enjoyed it. So thank you so much. What is, that's what, great. That's great. What is, what is the brisket meal? Just curious. So brisket. So the, I, the chef, I, I, so we take I, this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We, we braise the brisket and we buy it in the loin and, uh, we, we, we braise the brisket with our seasoning and we, we sell, we do brisket night where, where we serve with a, a potato, like a, a potato, vegetable and, uh, brisket. You know, we, we, we shave it, we shave it on the slicer. A long process to cook it, but it's 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 very unique. It's very different. So I, I thank you, Jason. Again, any more hands raised? We are clear. Okay. So I have a really. Uh, we have Alice. Is Alice back? Hand okay, yes. Let's let's take Alice again. All right. Let's take her. Go ahead, Alice. Okay. Thank you again, and I also wanted to ask how many your restaurant seated seats and. If there is outdoor seating as well. Thank you. So inside, inside we fit a total of 40. And then we actually, the landlord actually had just come to me a few weeks ago. And he says to me, he says, I, I just got the plaza, the front licensed. You can do outside seating. A lot of people in Florida like to eat outside. So we did. We now actually have tables and chairs outside and we do have outside seating. The outside seats about 50. It's actually uh, a lot of seats outside and we have uh, live music every Friday and Saturday outside. That's, I'm that's curious, a- Jordan, not to veer off the track. Well, I'll do it a little bit because you brought this up earlier in the program. I'm dying to know what a smash burger is. 
So a smash burger. So in a lot of places, a lot of restaurants, they sell cheeseburgers. They take the burgers. They're their patties. They buy them frozen. They, they come in a box. They throw them on the flat top and they put them on a bun. So we wanted to, we wanted to take it to, to a different level. So what we do is we, we buy the ground beef fresh and uh, we, we, put it in a, a big bowl and uh, we put some, some onion powder and we put some black pepper and we put some Montreal seasoning. We put some Worcestershire sauce and we mix the ground beef up. We work through it we, we, and we make them into giant balls. And then we take the ball and we put it on the flat top and we smash it down to, to form the patty. And uh, it's just a more unique, flavorful, juicy cheeseburger. So I'm curious, when I, when I looked at your bio, you focused, uh, you know, pr- almost primarily on your pizza stuff, you know, the unique pizza, you know, the fact that it was, as you called it, minor, minor's pizza. And yet you, and you, you, you are branched out beyond that, you know, to lots of other things, you know, both Italian and not so Italian. What prompted you to, to branch out and how successful has that branching out been? So when we first started, we were strictly on the pizza and I, these people from up north started coming in and they said, you're from, you're from Pennsylvania. You're from Philadelphia. Why don't you have the Philadelphia cheesesteak? The cheesesteaks in Florida are horrible. We need, we need a real Philly cheesesteak. So then we, I started exploring and then we put the Philly cheesesteak on. And then we, my mom and my father is Italian, but my mother is Polish. And these people from up north were coming in and they say, you're Polish. And my mom starts talking to them and they say, well, what about the homemade pierogies? And then before I know it, my mom's making homemade pierogies. And then we have homemade pierogies on the menu. And then they're talking about my dad. Why Why don't you have the, the, the meatballs? And then before I know it, we're adding and adding and adding. And now we have uh, not just pizza. We have uh, tons of dinners, tons of sandwiches. We have Polish options. We have vegan options. We have gluten options. We now do cauliflower crust options. We we have Polish options. We we're in a big Jewish community here. We do we we have we do Rubens. And we do corned beef. We do pastrami. It's, we we do a, a, a abundance of different stuff. I try to I try to cater to them all. I try to give everybody a reason to come in. Do you advertise? I'm sorry. Do you, do you advertise? advertise? We do. So I actually, we are in the, in the Kings Point newspaper. We are in the uh, West Palm. We, we're in a couple magazines, some coupon magazines. I actually was just asked to do the cover of Delray Beach magazine. We've done that. I was fortunate enough to get some free advertising with the, with the news. Uh, we're on the news website. They, they support us a lot. WPTV, Channel 5, Channel 25. Uh, we have a lot of a lot of advertising out there that, that we do. We try to I try to not only target Delray Beach because a, a, a lot of a, a lot of our uh, people are Palm Beach, West Palm, Palm Springs. And we get a lot from Boca, Boynton, Fort Lauderdale. I've had people drive from Miami. I've had people drive from Port St. Lucie uh, for pizza. That's about two hours. All, I just want to say we have two minutes to go in case anybody has a final question for Jordan before we conclude today. Any questions? Jordan, I heard the interview a few weeks ago. Uh, well, before I had you on my phone chat back in August, somebody tipped me off about what you were doing, and I heard a news story. I think it was when you were hiring Drew and you were talking about your business. Was that that station you mentioned, Channel 5? 
Because I heard the story. Yes, it was. Okay. Did a great yes, job, was. by the way. Yes, they did. The, the the reporter is excellent from that from that news station. She has been so supportive. Checks in on me almost every week. She a great great reporter. So Jordan, to sort of wrap up, supposing I was a blind person and I wanted to start a restaurant, what advice would you give me? If you were in my, I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Yeah, if if I were a visually impaired person and I came to you and said, I love what you're doing, I want to open a restaurant. What advice would you give me? Do it. I would say do it. I think I think that life is too short. The experience that I've went through and, and the cancer and the blindness and I I, I strongly believe I, I talk to all these people. We can do anything that anybody else can. It's just just having the motivation to do it. And I mean if you ever decide to do it, I'll I'll fly out and help you open it. <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way, Jordan. That's for sure. I agree with you hundred percent. Well, uh, keep up the good work. I hope you expand. I hope you accomplish the goal that you mentioned earlier. Start a large place. You, you, I am hungry now. Thank you, Jordan. It's supper time, and now I'm going to eat better. <laughs> well, I eat that good anyway, great. but that you're, you're helping great. the process along. Jordan Thomas, thank you very much. The best of luck to you with your endeavors and your establishment. Keep up the great work. We're very, very pleased to have you on our program today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Next week, we're going to have Tim Weisberg. He is a brand manager. That's what they call program directors now on the radio. But his focus is going to be on the paranormal. He's going to talk about a lot of that. He's into that stuff. His name is Tim Weisberg. That'll be next week on In Perspective. Peter, thank you very much as always. Chanel, thank you for what you did today. Thanks to our callers. Thank you to those people who were in charge of the MACB Media 5, and also the the other venue. And go safe with God's blessings, everybody, and have yourself a wonderful day.